0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is seeking. Uh, this is seek sustainable Japan. I just changed the name from last year. Uh, and today we are talking with German-born Dorothy Ishin Takatsu, who is founder and running as a teacher at Horakuan Zen Retreat Center in Nagano. Thank you so much for joining, Dorothy. Yeah, Thank you for having me. I enjoy it. Yeah. Wonderful. And we have this beautiful mandala uh, design that yes. you sent as one of your pictures. Mm-hmm. I love that. All the flowers and leaves arranged in a beautiful design.
1: Yes, that was one uh, of part of our activities that we do uh, during the retreats I am holding at uh, Horakuan. Yeah, out in nature and gather some natural materials and then make a design of a mandala. And fortunately, I had these huge old trays uh, that are perfect for the design. Gorgeous.
0: Um, Let's start with a little bit about you and how you started Horakuan. Um, I read an article on Japan Times, from many years ago Mm, mm. about how you were starting the first monastery building, Mm. which was actually an abandoned building that you renovated itself. Is that right?
1: Yes. yes. It's an old uh, traditional farmhouse. Um, It was built uh, around 115 years ago. And uh, it's it's really the traditional and uh, design of any Japanese farmhouse in this area. So the house itself was nothing special. but it was in a location that is surrounded by trees. You pass through the woods and then suddenly you have this big opening. And uh, there was this one house uh, that was still in a quite a good shape and even though the weather was terrible uh when i first saw it it was february you know snow and dark no flowers no green no nothing uh the location was so nice that i immediately saw thought that is the place i would like uh, to uh, where to rent. Uh, and I contacted the owner, and she said, yeah, it's, it's possible, I could rent it. And uh, I looked, I had a look at the house, and fortunately, uh, the roof was um, still, uh, it wasn't leaking, so as long as the roof is okay, you can do anything the house uh, so I rented it for 5,000 yen a month which is really wow. nothing I would have liked to buy, to buy it but well that was not possible so I'm still renting it now that was in 2004 um, the house itself as I said the roof was okay even though on the picture it's a new it's a new roof now but at that time it was okay and inside inside it was a mess. <laughs> It was really a mess, but um, it didn't look like this, definitely. (laughs) So, uh, I had about half a year to clean the mess and do some basic uh, renovations before I um, had my opening ceremony. Uh, at that uh, time, in 2004, I had done my ordination as a priest, or the the lowest rank as a priest, about two years ago, and I was starting to go to training in a monastery. And I had asked the roshi, which is the head priest of the monastery, to join me for the ceremony, opening ceremony, and um, he agreed. So, um, yeah, I had about that was in. I planned the ceremony for October and I started to rent it in April. So that was half a year to get it in some kind of shape. Yeah, so that was really dirty and hard and intensive. But, you know, it wasn't stressful because... um, It was on my terms. I planned my timing, even though I had the pressure, but um, it wasn't under anybody's rule that I had to do it. So it wasn't stressful. It was hard, but not stressful. And that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, about the activities. That's really, yeah. that's
0: really important, I think. And, and you mm. are walking the walk as well as talking the talk yes. about how to be mindful and how to <laughs> think of a good philosophy mm. to live your life. Mm. I have um, a great uh, quote from the Japan Times article and it says, you were looking for a place to make use of what you had learned over the five years of your training.
1: Yes, well, that article was after I had finished my training. I have to say I renovated the place, but um, the retreat programs and everything didn't stay, didn't start after much later because at the beginning, at the very, very first beginning, I didn't even know what I would want to have that building for. I had done some Buddhist um, studies on my own and also a program in Tokyo, one-year um, program, and so on. So I did uh, several things, but um, I had first planned to do that in to do any kind of activities in our temple at home. You know, my my husband is a priest and has. Oh, now we have the background music. That's a little bit, yeah.
0: That's beautiful. So, this is from your
1: website. Yes. uh,
0: Showing showing the uh, facility in summertime.
1: Yes, that's in summer. Yes, yes, it's it's nice. uh, It's definitely nice, um, and only really use possible to use in the warmer months because in winter we have a lot of snow. Like right now, I can can only access it if I walk there. But as I was trying to say at the beginning, I didn't even have any plans what to do with the house because my husband said I couldn't do any kind of activities at our temple at home, a temple at home, because that would be, yeah, I had other ideas from an ordinary village temple, so that wasn't possible. And then I thought, well, I just get my own place. Uh, and by by the time I got the place, I had just started going to the monastery, so I couldn't offer any kind of um, activities because... So, anything, what what I knew was just doing sitting meditation, Zazen, you know. So at the beginning, I offered Zazen and uh, then one person came and then left and two came and nobody. So it was a very, very slow start until I had a group of maybe three or four. You know, it's a very, it's close to the station in the sense that it only takes 20 minutes but still it's in the mountains it's a small road and and for people in the countryside that's remote you know for the, for a city it's nothing but for the countryside that's remote so not many people are coming from close to uh, from the vicinity you know so it was a very very slow start but then the foreigners were started to come um, to help out in the garden and with the renovation and everything. Uh, and they asked me if I could offer some kind of overnight activities and we were talking and then I thought, yeah, well, that's what we do in the West, you know, with retreats. And by that time I had, um, finished my five years at the monastery. So I had more, you know, confidence to offer something, and that's where the quote comes from, because um, I went to the monastery not with the intention to stay there for five years, but no matter how hard it is to wait for the timing when I could say, now it's, it's enough and it's good, you know, because it's really, really, to be honest, it's really hard, the training. And um, even though I only joined the six meditation sessions a year, I didn't stay at the monastery. But if you come from a floor-heated kitchen um, uh, in Nagano to a no-stove, no-nothing um, monastery with open windows and snow inside and blowing inside, you know, and sitting in meditation, I mean, that's a big difference. So, and Anyway, that was hard, but I said I, I promised myself that I wouldn't leave um, just because it's hard. But when I know this is the right timing, and that unfortunately <laughs> maybe it took five years, would have been nice if it took only two years. But anyway, it took five years, and then I could really say n- now I have to put into practice what I learned. And then I started with the retreat programs and. Um, it's based on the retreats are based on uh, putting the zen teachings into practice uh, in everyday life so by that time i was already over 50s and i thought well i mean i could start studying Buddhism and Buddhist philosophy and everything but I think people are more interested in how to practice and how to use the teachings in everyday life so um, that was a no-brainer for me I focused on um, that uh, kind of practicality and that's what the people really liked also the Japanese people. They they uh, We started with um, Yeah, that was interesting because the people who started coming, uh, they asked me, could I teach them about Buddhism? And I thought, me? I mean, I'm a Japanese, how can I teach you about Buddhism? And then I, I said, well, I can't really teach you about Buddhism, but we can study together. And so that's where the monthly talk started, that I would um, uh, maybe read some text or scriptures or whatever, but always interpret it, um, how it could be useful for our everyday life so yeah I love, inter-
0: that. I love mm. that idea of mm. of learning together and talking yes. together kind mm. of on the same level mm. like yes you definitely see, you see yourself as mm. maybe a guide to help yes. people along yes. the way Yes, yes uh, definitely. not really like a priest no, or no, someone no. top no, down no,
1: right no way no way I would you know like, like being called a sensei or anything like that no way no that's not what I want and that's also not helpful for anybody it's always i mean yeah now with now i'm more close to 70. <laughs> so, I have, of course, some um, experiences and, and I can look back and I can be of more help to people with that kind of experience and put it in a context of the Zen teachings that if I would start on, you know, any deep philosophy of Buddhism, anybody can, if they want, they can read the books. So or I I cannot be helpful for that. Yeah. So we started with the Zen retreats, and then we added silent retreats that are quite popular. And what I always include is creativity, and that's where the mandala picture comes from. Because, um, yeah, creativity is an expression of your your really true self, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you can create a work that nobody else can do, even if it wouldn't be the same. So you really, you are focused and especially this kind of mandala uh, um, um, creations are very meditative to uh, make and you first start you know with gathering the materials which is also a way of looking at nature in a different from a different perspective so this is very much in connection with um, what I'm trying to to convey or to teach or however you want to call it so also we use um, yeah for example, um, Natural materials. I mean, that's why one is so perfect for um, because there is nature all around um, to make, for example, mobile which is also very meditative. You have to think about the balance, and you need patience to do it. And we do meditative drawing, which is very much like, yeah, you drawing a picture, um, a pattern, um, and a repetitive pattern, uh, that is all so very strongly connected with meditation. So it's um, not just the fun of creating something, but also, um, yeah, to get the meditative aspect into the art.
0: I love that idea. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the meditative walking? Oh, yes. Um, Mm. You talk about uh, starting Mm. these kind of unusual ways to talk about or think about Zen, uh, the silent mm, or meditative yeah. walks. Beautiful. Yes.
1: yes. Well, um, of course, that's also in connection with nature and with grounding. And if possible, we um, are walking barefoot. And then it's, it's restricted to the back garden where there is a grass and you can walk on the grass. Um, uh, and it's, it's very slow walk um, in in combination with a breath. So, you have so many breaths for, uh, so many steps for one out-breath and so many steps for an in-breath. So, that kind of coordination is, um, releases the nice hormones in the brain like serotonin and dopamine and all these good-feel hormones so it um, relaxes the brain, it calms the brain and we always do that um, the first thing in the morning. So when it's um, still fresh and nice outside, and we do it before uh, the sitting meditation, the Zazen. So the mind gets into um, this meditative state through the walking, because that's also, I mean, of course, rapid. rapid repetitive, and really relaxing, and you focus on uh, the path, you wouldn't look around, um, uh, but you focus on the path, on the sensations, you don't use your brain, I mean, as much as possible, you are outside your brain, and you just, you you take everything up like, like a sponge, you know, you, you feel the temperature, you feel the wind, you hear the sound, you um, feel the sensations of the different um, paths. You know, when we do the longer meditation, not barefoot, when we walk with shoes, it's outside and we walk on gravel, we walk on natural surface and um, we walk up and we walk down and we hear the sound of the water. So there are many different kinds of sensations that we can um yeah we we how do you say that you really get that like you absorb it like a sponge and with your whole body and you get out of your mind and with and of course everything in silence um with every retreat we start in silence no matter what whether it's a silent retreat or not so we walk in silent and and there's this stream and different kinds of water paths, So that is very, yeah, it it speaks to the senses and and there's a lot to absorb. And then um, um, on our walk, we come into the new building, and we do some chanting, and then we go down to Horaguan and we do the sitting meditation, some chanting, and then we have our breakfast, and only then we can start to talk. So it's really a very, in, in a way, intense, but relaxing start of the retreat days. Mm.
0: I think that whole idea of being quiet
1: mm. and
0: listening to your surroundings. Mm. It sounds really simple, but this is something we we
1: need to do more mm. to
0: heal oh. and to recover yes. and refresh. Yes.
1: ourselves, right? Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, especially now with COVID and everything, people have to stay inside and maybe are forced to be quiet, but that's completely different if you do it intentionally or if you have to be forced to do it, you know. And um well these retreats are helpful to find the quietness inside, you know there's there's a potential and and really relaxation inside ourselves which we, which we um, have sort of lost and and don't know how to access it anymore. and and it needs some practice and some, yeah, refocusing on it. and it's definitely necessary, especially, I mean, COVID or not, with all that kind of um, um, overwhelming information that we have, we always use our brain much too much, and we have to get out of the brain and get into that stillness. I always say that we have to use our um, brain just as a tool. You you use a tool when you need it, but you don't use it when you don't need it. You know, the brain is just a tool, and it's definitely necessary. Um, necessary and has to be sharpened and taken care of like any kind of tool but I mean if you don't need it you don't use it but we use our brains and our heads in for a lot of um, things that we don't need it for because like worrying about stuff or like you know living in the past or uh, fretting about the future or whatever this is all just not necessary and we have to get out of that
0: uh-huh. I just, I want to, before I touch on the, the sound meditation, which I'm very mm. interested in, mm. I just a look at this beautiful picture from your facility and the nagano mountain range beyond is just stunning what a beautiful yes location. yes
1: oh yes yes i mean we can see the alps not really from Horakwan, but but um, a few hundred meters out of there of, of that compound you see the alps and and it's Every time it's amazing, and every season of the year, it's different. and in every light and every time um, time of the day, it's different. No, no, the location is just, yeah yeah it's it's amazing and yeah great beautiful. definitely we've yes. we've talked to
0: so many people uh in this talk show series in nagano it's such a special place and it's so much variation in yes. each town and yes. each village and yes the beautiful retreat with the mm. mountain view We've also talked to someone who offers snow sports. Ah, the, sure. Snow, right. So you have such a variety. Yes,
1: yes. I mean, we have the onsens, the hot spring, we have the, the snow, and, and we could do hiking. I mean, for nature activities, it's just great. Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, we have a wonderful comment from Facebook from Solvig Bor- Borgen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much for joining. She says, "Fantastic! I've been to Suzuka a few mm-hmm. times, have mm-hmm. quite a few friends there, and have never heard of this
1: wonderful woman and her retreat." Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope she has time; she has, can get a chance to drop by. But it should be after middle of April because until then it's just too cold here. Yes, but uh, definitely. Definitely, please. Um, you don't have to join a retreat; just come by and share a cup of tea, of uh, or coffee, or whatever, and just for a talk. I mean, you don't have to, yeah, that do any lovely. kind of activity. Yeah. It's just relaxing to come and enjoy. So fantastic! Uh,
0: I want to learn more about your meditation with sound program. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yes. Well, there's the sound meditation that we do in the new building. We might talk about that a little bit later, um, where we lie down. So we need quite a space for that. And um, I I have different kinds of bells and of gongs and of Anything that makes a sound, yeah, that's that's how we do it in this picture. And I would, yeah, I have the the bells and stuff in the middle, but I would also pick them up and walk around, and people in the meditation um, would uh, have to like follow the sound as it moves within the room, and of course, then the sound uh, changes and everything. So, it's constant, well, um, uh, meditation, sitting meditation, it's I I must say it's quite difficult because you don't really have anything to focus on except maybe your breath or sensations in your body but when we do sound meditation you have the sound as a point to focus on and since it changes location and the type of sound it's much easier to get into that meditative state than um, if you do sitting meditation so uh, people have not been doing uh, regular meditation. For them, it's really easy to um, enter and to start and to maybe get some interest in the meditation.
0: That sounds beautiful. I'd love to try that. I've heard from so many people recently that even though they spend so much time, like you said, at home or being quiet Mm -hmm. because they're forced, forced to isolate, um, they're still, even their minds are racing. They yes. can't stop stressing. So maybe having that sound to focus mm-hmm. on
1: helps mm-hmm. them to clear their mind. Is that right? Yes, yes, of course, definitely. Because once you have something to concentrate on, you cannot double think in your mind. It's, not, it's possible, but it's much more difficult to to have this, this noisy mind and uh, still be concentrating on the sound. So it helps you to get out of that monkey mind. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Yeah, you know... Sorry. Yes. That was a
0: good time to start talking about the new building. Mm-hmm. I love this story
1: about <laughs> how you found all the yeah. old wooden beams to reuse. It's yes. Productive. Yes. Yes. Well, it it started um, also with a very very vague idea that I just wanted to have more space because Horakuan, being a traditional farmhouse, um, is not very does not have enough space for several people to use at the same time for um, for example to do yoga or to do this kind of sound meditation so i thought i want to have more space and um, uh, i uh, there was that plot above horagon where that um, new building is standing now and another old farmhouse uh, uh, was there in before but it had fallen apart because nobody took care of it and then it was pulled down so i had used it just as an as a parking spot for people to come and then i thought yeah well it would be nice and i asked about the price and it was way 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 too expensive and um, then i just let it go and after a while the owner of that Plot. He passed away, and then I thought, well, maybe they are more interested now, and um, and the price goes down. But it was still, I mean, the official. I asked at the at the city hall. The official price was much too expensive, and then I asked the owner of a plot nearby what he would pay. You know, just considering the location and the type and so on. And he said, well, so and so much. And I thought, yeah, that's 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 possible that if if it's that amount then I would buy it and um, I had a member in my meditation group who was related to the owner family and she asked them would it be possible that they want to sell and they said well yeah definitely and well you know the she has not much money would you be willing to pay for to, to sell it for this kind of cheap amount and they said, yes, because nobody would be interested in. So I was really overjoyed that I could get it. And I, I prepared the money and we signed the contract and um, the in between, you know, the member of my uh, Zazen group, she was there too. And once the owner left with my money, and I was happy, they were happy. She pulled an envelope out of her bag. And she said, Well, please use this. And then I opened it and it was it was the money for that plot. So she bought it for me. So I <laughs> well, really then I scary. thought, well, now I have this plot, but I mean, I really cannot use it as a parking spot in a place anymore. So then the next um, like miracle or um, uh, synchronicity was that um, the member of our um temple community at home, he had to fell a big tree, um, a big cedar tree, 10 meters long, almost, uh, well, these are the the pillars, or bigger than that one. It's the big one in the middle of the hall. So um, he had to get rid of that, and he wanted to make firewood out of it. And I said, no, yeah, this big one, this huge one in the middle. And um, I said, well, if I can have it, I will try to get it out and, and of the uh, of your way and he said well yeah please do um, and yeah so you can see this ten ton truck and it just passed about ten centimeters below the electric lines of the plot so it was just a miracle miracle to get it out of there and then this huge truck uh, had to uh, transport uh, to transport this. Um, immense uh uh yeah tree trunk he had to drive backwards (laughs) and and you know the road is very narrow and uh, it's just unbelievable how this truck could drive backwards with the curves and between the, the houses in the neighborhood and yeah anyway so i had this this um big uh, beam and then where the owner of that company who transported this, uh, there was one miracle before that he asked me what kind of building do I want to build and I said well I have no idea but since the Horakwan building is 115 years old it would be really, it would be ideal to have you know old old wood um, and old beams like the were used in the Horakum building. And then he said, OK, I'll show you something. And he put me in his car and he took me to his lumber yard. And there was this huge hall with all these nicely stacked old beams. And I said, oh, my goodness. And then he said. And that was really, really incredible. He said, you can use those and and I will give them to you. But if you imagine, I mean, we used about 50 um, old beams for the ceiling structure. And if you imagine that um, one of those beams costs between 100,000 yen or more, um, you can imagine how much money that was that he was giving me. I mean... Come on, this was incredible. But it doesn't stop there because now I had the beams, I had the big one in the middle, which of course I didn't use how it would be, know how it would be used. Um, But then he asked me, well, do you know um, a carpenter who can? work with these kind of beams? And I said, well, of course, no idea. And then she said, well, I could introduce you to a friend, but I'm not sure whether he's willing to do it. So immediately after leaving from his place, from his company, I went up to the place where that he introduced me to. And the carpenter was there. And I told him, well, I have been introduced by this and this person, and he told me you might be able to help me with my project, and and then he said no way, no way. <laughs> this is I don't want to do a big project like that anymore. And then uh, well, there was nothing I could do on that day, uh, so I went back many times, back and forth, and back and forth, and finally I had him um, that he said well, okay, I'll send you some pictures, but I'm not show you might not even like what I'm building so I was waiting again and then the email came with the attachment of the pictures and and I just I just couldn't believe it because a few months earlier when I wasn't really thinking about building anything myself I went to a place near Matsumoto that is also a retreat type center um, and they I wanted to look at their programs to maybe get a few new ideas but when I got there I saw the building and I thought oh my goodness I've never seen anything like that before because that was also using these whitewashed walls and the old beams and different kinds of woods and it was just so beautiful. I had to use a light to get inside and take a lot of pictures of the building. And then I opened that email and saw that he was the, the carpenter dude who had done that building. So I immediately ran up there. He, he has his place up in the mountains from Susaka. And I told him, no way you can refuse me anymore because I saw what you have been doing and you have to do this." And Well, then he finally relented and he said, okay, if I get the young Carpenters to help me, then we can go ahead so another few weeks of of really how uh, will they be free to help and then yeah this is one of them who for the young ones and yeah and then we got uh we could get the go ahead and yeah they started with the building but yeah it's it so, was amazing what an
0: amazing story yes and it that, was really that all that time that you yeah. spent um it led to something. It was just like almost magical how things yes. just came together mm. at last. Yes,
1: yes. I yes. love I've...
0: how traditional carpentry and mm. these beautiful yeah. old beams, and yeah. then the new tree yeah. that was yeah. felt. How everything mm. is put together so mm. beautifully with uh, mm. notches and joinery instead yes. of. It's yes. such a beautiful yes tradition
1: right yeah yeah and and it's not only that i mean the the old older carpenter when the yeah had- that carpenter, he had a flexible mind. You know, we went into the um, into the woods and we cut branches for the um, what's tassori? You know, for the handrails. You see a little bit up there in the picture. You know, there's a rope and there's a handrails and uh, that are uh, branches that we cut in the woods uh, to use. And and it's just yeah, the idea. Ideas he had, you know, but uh, it's really uh, to put one of those crooked beams into place that takes a day at least, you know, because these kind of measuring, even though they had a laser, it's it's very time consuming, and you can see here it's a, physically it's a very hard work, and him on the beams. I mean, uh, you and know. The use of the old
0: style uh, yes. tools. Yes,
1: is yes. It's always
0: t- fascinating to me when I talk to yes. traditional mm. Japanese carpenters mm. and how they, yes. they yes. say
1: these tools are the mm. best. Yeah. You know, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I I took uh, I took pictures for um, the whole year when they uh, assembled it, and you know the type of cuts that they use to f- to fix these beams together. It's just you know every cut is different, and and so complicated. And um, yeah, it's it was a huge learning process for myself it was fascinating to watch this guy I mean this is not acrobatics he was walking he was working like this I mean it was not staged or anything and there is no safety net and nothing below him so it was a really (laughs) dangerous um, type of work because on several days we had a huge rain and there was a typhoon that in addition washed away the road so we had to Stop for several days until the Saga city could come up to fix the road, that the truck could come down there again. And yeah, this the, the, these young carpenters were walking on this where. Well, they are not so narrow, but still, I mean, you have to carry the, the heavy tools and you hold yourself with one hand and you use the tool with the other hand. And that's also the old carpenter, the same, up there walking and working like that. It was just mind-blowing really.
0: That's incredible
1: because yeah. yes. it's
0: like he's he's doing the splits it's yeah. not like a comfortable way to stand <laughs> really? but he was working like this? Yes he was Amazing. working like
1: that. He was not doing any yoga or anything up there he was, I just caught the right moment for this Chata chance. he it's was beautiful working, working yeah. like that definitely. Gorgeous. Yes yes. Mm. And you were mm.
0: talking about the notches right? Making the perfect size yes. Like, notch? Yes and a so they fit much together,
1: yeah, and so much fine tuning and millimeter, you know, it's, it's really and doing and recutting and refitting and just yeah, time consuming, amazing, you know. Um, they, of course, they also human, so they made t- two very, very nice mistakes, I must say. Two of the beams they were too short, um, um. Uh, yeah, you see the the, um, the opening on the left, that's actually the DJ booth and there's a an, um, vertical beam right there, a little bit crooked. This beam um, was fit in later because the horizontal beam on top, the black one, that was too short. So they cut it um, um, about, you know, what, 50, 60 centimeters from the pillar and fixed the new, the standing one in there. So that was an addition that they hadn't planned, but I I thought this is so nice and such a nice mistake and so beautiful, but only to fit this one in took a whole day. And another one is at the altar. Um, and maybe, I don't know, the altar picture, there's another one. Ah, yeah, but uh, you don't see it here. Sorry, no. Um, and that is also a very nice addition because it was just too short, and he had to fit another one in there. And yeah, it took it took a long time, but it's beautiful. Wow. Uh.
0: Well, the finished product,
1: these mistakes uh,
0: become such beautiful, unique points of appeal, right? Like they don't, they might see it as a mistake, Mm. but then they make it work. I love that.
1: Yes. And if you look again at that picture with the DJ booth, you know, there is that wooden grit um, in the wall, in the whitewashed wall, you know, this wavy line. And behind that, there are these, um, what? it's like a wooden grid and at first the carpenter said no this you cannot show that this isn't this is actually below the white um, wall you know the plaster and it has to be covered up. And I said, no, this grid looks so beautiful. And actually, I put a lamp behind there. So there is light. <laughs> and then the carpenter, where he landed, he, he, where well, I was insisting. And then he said, he made this wavy line. I thought he would just leave an opening. But then he was, you know, one step, one step further ahead of me. And he made this beautiful, wavy, soft line. And it's just another feature there that I really, really of yeah absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. uh
0: i think you speaking of the dj booth has prompted this next comment uh from mm. tiffany russdale who is now a life coach but she was a tokyo dj for many years oh yes and she says uh thank you for introducing dorothy uh, to your uh. show She personally did a silent retreat Ah. in Bali for Mm -hmm. several weeks that changed her life Uh, for the
1: best. Sure. Yeah. And she Uh.
0: now hosts wellness retreats in Japan. So she would love to connect with you. Oh, that's
1: interesting. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I hope um, we can put my email address somewhere or the homepage address. And I definitely would like to do that because that would, would, could become a very fruitful uh, collaboration definitely yes yes yeah. mm, and mm. Uh,
0: we need more retreats where oh, people yes. can refresh and yeah. recover from it's not mm. only the physical stress of work yeah. anymore we have so much new emotional and mm. mental stress yeah. that we need to work yeah. on right
1: yeah, well, you know, I always have the difficulty to explain what a retreat is to Japanese people because, well, they might have heard of a yoga retreat or, um, yeah, macrobiotic eating or, you know, in a retreat, but a retreat in the sense of focusing on yourself and re-centering and grounding and all that, um, and uh, that's a new idea to Japanese people and, uh, of course, during the Zen retreats, we um, talk about ourselves, our experiences, and sometimes also what really stories are, you know, and it gets personally, and that's good, and that's important. But Japanese people, they are, well, it's not in the Japanese culture to talk about yourself and to focus on yourself. So in that sense, I have difficulties to get the idea of a retreat and the importance of a retreat, um, because Japanese people might think, or they do think, well, it, it would be egoistic to take time out just for themselves, and what would they the neighbors say, "What would the family say if I just stay there a few days?" And uh, it's only for my own pleasure. But um, I have to always stress that the time you take out for yourself, you take a lot of that back to your everyday life, and it. And I mean, even if it's only a smile, you bring that back to your family and that's good for your family, too. It's not only good for yourself. So everything you gain in a retreat uh, will come to life in your own um, at home and and in your in your work, so it's so necessary to step out of that everyday hustle and to do something completely different and to get quiet and to yeah to reflect on yourself and uh, maybe some issues you have and it's yeah it's very very healing and uh, relaxing also and it's not stressful really um, we don't do any long meditation hours that you have to fold your legs and it's painful, we don't do anything like that. No, it's it's also about your relaxation, but uh, in a sense, of course, you have to get out of your comfort zone to some extent. Otherwise, you don't have any, any kind of gain. So getting up early in the morning would be very much getting out of comfort zone for many people. But it's uh, so refreshing if you do it for a few days. And it's not that you don't have any time to relax during the day. So. Yeah, it's a mixture of getting out of comfort and yeah, having yeah, having a little bit of a hard time but not stressful. Yeah, that
0: sounds great. And you do, you have day programs and also overnight programs. Is that right? Yes,
1: yes. The, the Zen retreats are always three days for uh, three nights, four days. And before it was even longer, but um, it's a little bit difficult. Uh, I can only do programs with at least two, three people. I, I can't do a one-on-one. But if it's just for a talk, like I said before, coming for some Coffee or for some tea, for some talk, anytime, definitely. But to prepare for overnight, uh, one night is also not possible, it's just too much work so at least two nights and I always offer to um, talk about people what they would like uh, what kind of program they would like so it's not that I have fixed programs that is always the same it's always different but what is always the same is the morning and the evening routine with a walking meditation and uh, sitting meditation and in the evening it's again sitting meditation but during the day the kind of uh, um creative activities or other activities more focus on talking or more focus on text reading, that is always different. Uh, um. Wonderful. And you must be
0: enjoying this new building, this new oh, yes. reused <laughs> wood and beautiful design building. Yes, it yes. looks gorgeous inside mm. and so relaxing mm, and uh, mm. such a wonderful, comforting yeah. space. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I did all the lamps that are in that building myself and I made the curtains. I, I did a lot of work myself. I painted all the white walls and I painted the outside and I polished the beams. So, yeah. It was very, very hard work to do and very dirty and very cold during winter. And yeah, but I know everything uh, where the material comes from. And so I I have a very close connection to the building. And uh, yeah, and it's, yeah, I designed the altar and everything. This is, yeah, the, (laughs) when the beams and everything went up before the roof was built, that was the carpenter crew. Yeah, nice. Guys,
0: amazing. Did you help and, yeah. with the building at all, or just yes, yes, stand back I did and a take lot. photos? Yeah.
1: And yeah, and I of course, ones. yeah, I I didn't do any carpentry work. Of course, I have no knowledge, but I did all the, uh, I did the cement uh, walls inside and outside, and the the uh, the white uh, not in not in the hall, but um, in. the... Uh, uh, This altar, that's what the carpenter did. That was too difficult. But this brown color, I (laughs) did everything. So that was very, very heavy work because it was like a um, three-story building for as far as the height is concerned. So to carry all these heavy buckets with stuff up and down and up and down and mixing the cement uh, by hand. I mean, I had a hand mixer, but still that is very, very heavy work. Uh, But yeah, otherwise... really hard work. Yes. And you're, you're in your 70s now, aren't you? Well, not yet. I will be seventy okay. next year. No, yeah, yeah, next. You're year, seventy so. years young. Yes, That's amazing. I don't feel. I mean, this is just a number. It's not anything. It's just a number. Yeah, yeah. 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 A number. fantastic. Yeah, the Can building you tell was. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the building was finished in 2019, so it's, um, yeah, it's still quite new, definitely.
0: Nice. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the original building? Is this inside the original building?
1: Yes, this is this is Horakuan, the old farmhouse building. And this one, was, especially this meditation space, was the dirtiest place in the room because they had been um, um, raising silkworms in there. So it was really, really dirty. The the walls were black. And these were, of course, two rooms. I took out the middle wall and the the sliding doors and where the altar is, that was a a net. So I used old doors for, um, uh, I cut in half and, and, used for a storage place and then this long thick bamboo pole as a decoration and the the back of the wall um is cedar wood um, and i made that myself so yeah i did a lot of work of course there was no tatami and no wooden floor in here before it was it was a dirty pink carpet. I mean, it was, I don't know. Anyway, if I look at the pictures, uh, what it looked like before, it's it has improved very, very much. Wow. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I, I really admire the curved beams. Yes. Um. When yes. I talked to Japanese carpenter in Okayama, John Stollenmeyer, he mm. talked about how rare it is to have this curved beams that most Mm. of the modern beams are exactly straight yes so having Mm. this beautiful curvature Mm -hmm. of the old style beam Mm -hmm. work is so
1: beautiful and you have
0: that in your original building as well. Yes, but it's
1: not only because it's beautiful. I don't think that the or the the people in former times used it for beauty, but it's for stability, you know, and there is something um, called Tep which is a type of cedar um, that you find in Itoigawa, that's uh, in Niigata Prefecture, which is curved from or bent from the wind. And, and they use these kind of curved ones to support the heavy structures. So it's definitely um, for structural reasons that they use, especially these curved woods. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm. But um, I mean, then you can imagine yeah. how difficult it is to fix those together because every beam is different in size and in curve type and, you know, yeah, to combine it. And as you can see in the meditation room, the last picture, the standing ones uh, are straight, but the ones to have to support the the roof and the heavy, they are curved. So you can see that is the reason why they use these ones. Yeah wow. so yeah because mm.
0: in this in this picture of the new wood everything looks yes. so straight right
1: yeah that is for the pillars you know they have to be straight i mean that would be difficult if they were if they were curved but um yeah they came from matsumoto area and to peel the bark was <laughs> it was about 34 degrees when I was doing this. Um, and to peel it, it, it was a little bit late that these were cut, so the peel didn't come off. And I worked days and days and days to get these peels off. Uh, I mean, how many? I don't know how many of these pillars I have been peeling. Yeah, that was that was a hard work. Uh,
0: it's incredible. But um, then looking at your picture here with you relaxing <laughs> at yes. the new building next to everything's done. You yeah. look totally happy and yes. content and ready mm. to have a zen
1: meditation. Right? <laughs> well, I think I look more ready to have a cup of coffee here. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably way after the meditation in the morning so i'm more ready for the coffee or for the tea and for the snacks i'm very much into sweets you know so yeah as as um. many of us
0: are mm. it gets us gets us through the day yes um, definitely um. yeah we we have just under 10 minutes now but uh, 7 minutes left can you leave us with some Kind of Zen philosophy that we might take to our day and try to be more mindful. Or can you give us a little bit of advice um, how to be more Zen?
1: Well, um, yeah, it's difficult. Th- that's that's definitely difficult. But Zen is very down to earth, so. Um, take the things at face value. I mean, don't fret about it. Um, yeah, actually, you learn through meditation, um, you develop some kind of strength that is called Joriki, to be able to do with any kind of unexpected situations. And um, that is something that I like very much about Zen, that it's practical. And uh, yeah, another word, um, a khufu means to be, uh, to improvise, and to be able to use stuff like also in the building, materials that you have in an unusual way, um, to make it uh, practical, but also beautiful. Um, so, yeah, focus on the practicality, that's very much Zen. Yeah, mindfulness, I I like the term awareness better, which means you have your antennas out, you know, you catch what is coming. Mindfulness is when you do something, you know, you focus on a special thing that is mindfulness, but awareness is more, you have the overall, you have your eyes also to the left and the right and you catch what is coming. So, that's a very big difference. Yeah. Yeah. You are mindful in doing something, but before that you have to be um, aware of what's going on that you can be mindful. So to say. Wonderful.
0: Mm. Um, From your website here, you have a wonderful page of impressions Ah. of people who have spent so much wonderful time at Horakuan. Mm. Some people spent two weeks, four weeks. Yes.
1: Yes. um, Mm.
0: Learning meditation and staying there with you.
1: Yes. Yes. That is more also for helping out uh, with the work. That's not only for meditation, but just to spend time there and helping in exchange for free stay. That's called Workaway. That's a different program, a worldwide um, page that you can, yeah, uh, apply for. Yeah. Yeah. I love the the feedback
0: and some poetry, uh, step-by-step letting my feet roll slowly from heel (laughs) to toe. I'm one with the forest. The chirping of the insects gives my breathing rhythm. Beautiful. Yes,
1: yes. I mean, I always like if people who join me for work are creative themselves, like artists. I mean, not really artists, but have this kind of creative streak that they can put into practice. And a lot of um, nice things have come out of that. Yeah. And I hope, I hope that the people who are would like to come do contact me and we can get in touch and plan something together or meet up. Some Somewhere, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the best way to get in touch is
0: through horakuan.net, your website, right? Yes,
1: and my email is horakuan at gmail.com. So, horakuan. Fantastic. Yeah,
0: and yeah. you sent me a photo where it looks like you're talking with students. Oh, yes, Do you sometimes a- have
1: students visit that that's the the local elementary school kids, and we did some yeah some Zen program meditation, and they had to learn how to put their shoes nicely in in the entrance and then they learned how to uh chant and uh yeah, one of the older ones was the thirty uh, minute priest, so he had the clothes and everything, and we did the chanting together. that was a lot of fun, yes. That's
0: wonderful. I think we need to encourage kids to also find ways for them to relax. We know yes. that even during this pandemic, we as adults, we feel stress, but also the children are feeling
1: oh, stress. yes. Yes. Right? Yes, and they have a lot of peer pressure, you know, and social media pressure, so they should um, learn how to focus on themselves, too, and and to get courage again. So many of the kids, are, yeah, they lost confidence, and, and they have to get that confidence back to really deal with what's coming up every day, and that's a big, big issue. Mm, yeah.
0: Uh, I One of your uh, interviews, you said a lot of Japanese people look too much to other people yes. and they need to yes. look a little bit more oh, yes. into yes. themselves.
1: Yes. That's also a, a confidence issue, I would say, uh, that you don't look at the face. What does the other person want to hear from me? But that you have, you know, that is called Shujinko in, in Zen, you know, the... That you are in in the driver's seat of your life, you know, and not someone else and not some conventions and, and, you know, what you are expected to do. But you can do anything as long as it's your own decision, I mean, yeah, and it doesn't hurt anybody, you know. But uh, only because it's expected, do something because it's expected, that's not the right way to live, I think.
0: Mm. Well, you are a wonderful example for all of us about (laughs) the power of the individual (laughs) and the individual's passion to create something which helps Mm. other people. Yes. Yeah.
1: Don't give up. Really, I would say if you have a vision, don't give up. Just don't give up. It will happen. Uh, uh, that's that's something I really really learned, and the Japanese have a word, goen, which is the connection, and goen will happen if you focus on it, uh, if you don't give up, uh, but still have to be flexible about it. I mean, yeah, if you are flexible and uh, yeah, don't give up, it will happen. Mm. I love that
0: idea, the go-in, of Mm -hmm. envisioning where you want to be or
1: what you want to do. That's a really good way. Yes, yes. If I wouldn't have had that vision, that new building wouldn't stand. I mean, I did that without any plan, without any estimate, without anything. And uh, I couldn't uh, tell that to anybody, you know. So, yeah, it's still there. (laughs) you did it congratulations yes, yes, i can't I'm, wait yeah. i can't wait to come and visit in oh, person that would, gra- that would be great yes you're most welcome
0: i would love that mm. i look forward to being around all that beautiful natural quiet yes
1: yes yes definitely yeah
0: going on a mindful meditation walk with you yes let's do that, <laughs> let's do that. thank
1: you so much
0: dorothy thank you very
1: much yes yes i enjoyed it Bye-bye.
0: Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you for joining. Uh Goodbye. Take care. Bye.
1: I show my tears to you, I'm stronger I dropped the armor, now I'm bolder